What are, what are we doing with our lives today? I have today? no idea. Definitely waiting on you two to get it together. Get Jeez. it together. This is like this is like me on a normal day. Like, well, I don't need you guys here watching my rabbit holing. I just woke up from a nap, so I'm combing my hair with my spit guard. That's disgusting. Ew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to your weekly entertainment and writer's room podcast, Can We Save the Cat?, where we take three random thoughts or ideas, pitch them, choose one, workshop it over the course of about 30 minutes or so, and then ultimately decide if we want to save the cat or scratch it in favor of the next idea. I am one of your three hosts, Brian Hayes, writer, actor, and producer. I'm Danny Hanks, writer and director. I'm Justin Eugene, writer and producer. It has been so long since we last talked. Too long. I missed you guys. Far too long. But I got a lot of, I, I was a little bit, I'm rarely down, but I was a little bit down this week. Uh, as you guys both know, I'm usually pretty cheery. But like, I just was reminiscing about like, because we're so close to like the beginning of the pandemic. This is right around the time that like, I pitched Danny the idea of a mockumentary. And we started working on it. We did. Wait, I never heard of this. What is this mockumentary? And we actually got really close. I, we got asked to write a story Bible, I believe. Yep. And we were on the cusp of like being told to write a pilot, we were told, but we never actually got to be able to do it. We so, were yeah, it was so crazy. close to getting optioned. Very, very crazy times. And now it's almost like less of a fun story to like even maybe see on TV. So that's crazy how things have changed. It was a mockumentary about a gym, which gyms are not exactly... Not a thing that people do. It's definitely not hugely popular anymore. I have a friend that tells me their weekly going out of the house is to go to the gym like three or four times a week. And I'm like, why would that be your one thing? Like, why? Why? If if there's one thing that you're like, you know, I'm going to get out of the house and go do this. For me, it would not be a gym. Well, I guess as long as you're, if it's what you love doing and it makes you healthy mentally and stuff and physically and you follow protocols, like whatever. It's, I guess this it's leads to my second thing, which is like, does anyone love the gym? Oh, yeah, of course people do. Like, I don't <laughs> get people that make it their life. I don't get how. I hate my, the gym. My roommate loves the gym. If you watch Danny and I's mockumentary, you would know why. Yeah. You too would love the gym. You know what? Now I'm not even like upset that I wasn't even asked to correspond on this because (laughs) I know nothing about, I'm not salty at all, guys. It's totally fine. I'm totally fine. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. Aggressive drinking. (sighs) But now that I know it's about a gym, I'm actually okay. I'm going to go silently cry for the next five minutes. Well, I mean, honestly, like, I was just having a day where I was like, man, like, that was so fun. And we had so many good ideas. One of our episodes was, like, about a girl who is, like, Instagram person. She, like, promotes those crappy teas for cleansing or whatever. Yes. And the whole staff buys it to, like, support her and kind of, like, does it. 
And then they all get diarrhea and like horrible like bowel <laughs> syndrome. And she's like, "Oh, guys, like I never fucking use that. I just, I just get sell paid it to promote it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just get paid to promote it. But I would never use it. That's so disgusting." Oh my god, my favorite concept was the pool episode when somebody pooped <laughs> in the pool. Hmm. Straight up caddy shacking. Do you know the steps that they have to go through if somebody poops in a gym pool? Uh, yeah, it's my favorite national pastime, making them go through that. Also, on, like, the <laughs> Department of Labor whatever website, it literally says, in all caps, DO NOT VACUUM. And so we were going to have the episode be basically why they had to put that there. <laughs> Literal shitstorm. Oh. Oh! Just kind of <laughs> all connected in my brain space. Gross. All right. Pitch time? Shall we just dive into it? I think we shall, Danny. All right. Does that mean that I'm first? <laughs> yeah, it does. All right. So everybody knows, everybody here knows that I'm a big documentary buff. Has anyone seen the Netflix documentary Voyeur? No. <laughs> okay. So it's this crazy, insane documentary about this guy who owns a motel in Colorado and he like cuts out the entire attic to spy on people and he's able to like look in every room from the vents of the ceiling it's insane and i don't understand how he's not in prison but basically yeah my pitch is that as a movie we can either do it from the voyeur's point of view and he like sees something that like he shouldn't see like a murder or something incriminating and then has to figure out how to report it without being like oh yeah i spy on people like i literally watch everybody that comes into my hotel or it can be from the point of view of somebody figuring out that this person is is watching them um yeah that's my pitch cool 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 all right justin you're next Mine is something I've been, like, joking about for, like, a month, I feel like. But basically, it involves dominoes and magicians. Oh, God. <laughs> I wish people could see your faces right now. It's so good. It's uh, so good. No. Oh, I don't even why? So this dominoes delivery guy, right? <laughs> Delivers a pizza to a bunch of magicians, and they hypnotize him and take the poop for him, and he proceeds to use this as revenge and he like goes on a rampage where he like basically exposes them and ruins their lives. The magicians. He ruined the <laughs> Domino's guy takes life in his own hands and he proceeds to ruin magicians' lives. I just want to say you have a lot of pitches about not just pizza delivery people, but Domino's delivery drivers. Like you have it. And magicians. And magicians. No, I've never actually I have pitched magicians before, but the first time I've ever pitched, like, the Domino's actual pitch. I've joked about it, but I never... You did the Domino's delivery driver that's a superhero. No, I never pitched that. I said that would be a funny one. Oh, I made a joke okay, about okay, it. Okay, I never okay. actually pitched it. He sets everything up and lets it fall into place. Remember? That was mine. Yeah, because I told Danny she should pitch it, and then she, like, made fun of it, and it was just a big joke. But I was like, one day I'm going to actually pitch this. Oh, and I was God. like, let me take the two dumb ideas I've had and just mesh them. Great. Okay. Great. I mean, it's better than like the episode where we talked about sharks <laughs> <laughs> last last week. I forget it's been a while. It's been so long. Uh huh. <laughs> okay, so 
My pitch is, uh, have you guys seen Stuber? Stuber. Heard of it, didn't see it. Okay, it's with Kumail Nanjiani and Dave Bautista. Basically, it's an Uber delivery driver. This hitman gets in his car and like has him drive him around because he just had eye surgery or eyes dilated or something. I, I don't remember what, what it was. But um, so my pitch is kind of like that. Basically, uh, Justin, I think you did a movie like this, Axis. And then there's yeah. also that movie Locke, where it primarily takes place in a vehicle. Yes. And Axis took place, I think 99% of the film was in the car. Okay. So my pitch is sort of in that genre, but it's about the idea of a Uber driver or uh, more specifically an Uber Eats delivery driver who gets caught in like a high tension car chase when a woman on the run sneaks into his car during a delivery and is being tracked. And so um, she's like trying to get out of wherever she's at and out of the situation. But the delivery driver basically gets caught in the middle as he learns more about her, has to decide like, does he stop and let them take her? And then it gets kind of pulled into it as well. So it's primarily shot from the perspective of being in the vehicle, but we do get some outside set pieces as well. Okay. I also want to point out when you said Stuber, I immediately thought of Stuber, which is the New York City stooping Uber app, which helps you take home stuff that you found on the curb. Wait, is it really called Stuber? Yes, it's S-T-O-O-B-E-R. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the movie is S-T-U-B-E-R, because his name's <laughs> Stu, and he drives for Uber. Oh my gosh, that is so dumb. But I mean, I, I get that, like... Uh, it was pretty big A-list Hollywood actors, too, which is awesome. Yeah. Hey, sounds like uh, sounds like our shark movie. The Finternet. Anyway, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, let's do it, yeah, anyway. I hate you, Justin. Oh, I love you, too. Let's just go in same order. Danny, you're you're up. No, let's go in reverse order. No, we're going in... Justin's up first. All right, there Justin's up first. I choose Brian. Okay, cool. I guess I will also choose Brian. Oh. Oh, Brian. I feel like I didn't really have she, a choice. She just really did not want to do Domino's Magicians. That's fair. I mean, I, th- I thought it'd be funny, but I get it. Yeah. So- Brian. Brian had a good idea. So here's the deal, Justin, I I would have chosen yours regardless, just because two things. One, Danny, I do feel like Bad Times at the El Royale really, really touched on that. And I don't know enough about that particular person to go down that path. But secondly, Justin, your pitch of like Domino's delivery driver to magicians, that didn't sell me, but it was the after part of it. They mess with him, and then he tries to get back rampage. at them. Yeah, go goes <laughs> like and gets revenge on them. So that that did appeal to me. But no, I'm I'm obviously very excited to workshop this. I like the idea of a single location for the most part. So yeah, movie in a car. Yeah, in one a of car. my favorite movies, phone booth. Phone phone booth. Yep, yep. In a single location. Um. So I'll get it started. Yeah. The idea that I had was a. Uh, Food delivery service person makes a delivery to a house. A woman sneaks into his car during this process. They drive off and without even knowing that she's in there, obviously that doesn't last very long because it's a car. Like how long can you hide in a car? 
But when uh, they find out that she is in there, it automatically leads to this tension where she explains that she's escaping from somebody. She has to get from A to B. And this person is now caught in the middle of this. They have the self, you know, conversation of, do I take this person? Like, what's in it for me? You know, I'm just a food delivery driver. So the the question, the problem that I'm having, though, is I don't know if I want it to be comedy a la Stuber or if I want it to be more drama. Because if yeah. it's comedy, you could really play with the idea of like, Stuber did a lot of this. And so since I'm the only one that's going to have seen that movie, I'm going to be the one kind of being like, okay, we don't want to do that because they did that. But one of the things I do think we can play with, which is something that they did, which is I don't want to lose my five stars. I've got to make these other deliveries that I've got <laughs> in my vehicle. So like, I get that we're trying to get from A to B. We can do that after I make these deliveries. Okay. So that could be something funny to play with if we want to lean that way. I'm not sure. I know Axis and Locke were both two movies that leaned very, very hard into the drama, drama, like what's going on in that person's life and and what led them there. And it's it's all phone conversations. So I also don't know if I want us to be tied to being inside the vehicle. Like, I don't well, know. I think you, have, you have a lot more to play with than we did when we did Axis because Axis was like, even though. FaceTime was a thing. It wasn't, like, so huge yet. Yeah. Where now you have, like, FaceTime, Instagram Live. There's so many things you could jump on technology-wise in the car. So I wonder if you can go kind of into the dark comedy realm in the same vein as, like, the Edgar Wright kind of darkish comedy. Because for some reason, immediately the thing that, like, came up in my mind was she crawls into the trunk of the car, right? And okay. then, like, isn't there. And I'm just imagining, like, a Melissa McCarthy-type person. The shot is, like, through the front as this guy is driving, and she's just, like, crawling over the back seat from the trunk, like, into <laughs> the back seat, and he just doesn't notice until she, like, rolls, and then he slams on the brakes, and there's, like, sirens behind them, and she's like, what are you doing? Go! Go, go, like very, very adamant kind of comedy. And then you get into the reason why and you get into like the dark tactile stuff later. Kind of like Stuck. It reminds me of, of Stuck, our elevator short. So you said something interesting, which was the sirens. I hadn't thought about it being like a police high speed chase or something. Mm, that's what I thought it was originally. No, I just... I honestly didn't really have anything figured out, but my thought was like crime or, or drug lords or something like that. Maybe even human trafficking if we wanted to go darker. But basically, she was escaping from it and she was trying to get across the border. I, You know, I, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that, but I was trying to figure out, okay, how can it be a high stakes? You can't stop because if you stop, like I could get caught. Yeah, high stakes would be high speed chase. I mean, that's that's immediately what I thought of when you said the phone booth type thing, because you look at the movie phone booth and he is under the gun, literally, right, right. you know, so there is immediate stakes there. The stakes could be he's all of a sudden thrust into this high speed chase, has no idea what he's doing. She has a gun on him or whatever. And then you're thrown into it. It's just like, boom, okay. in there, have to figure out. I mean, that's a good insight. That's a damn good inciting incident for a movie. Yeah, I'm in. 
I like, okay, so what if we did this idea, because I don't want it to be so singularly focused on the vehicle the entire time. And what I mean by that is like, obviously, it's going to take place inside a vehicle for a large majority of the movie. But we could almost have it start like a regular film. Like we're showing this guy's life and we're showing her life and everything. And then once they reach this convergence point of the vehicle, that's when it becomes all in the car. Because basically what I'm thinking is... If Brian, it- you're better than that. Yeah. See, for me, I'm like, I think that is a little too... The character wakes up and turns off the alarm. You know, like, I feel like we want to get into the action. And it's more interesting if we I feel like force Brian's better them. than this. I feel like Brian is a more a fast-paced guy. Let's go. Let's get into Let's it. Let's get dive. into the meat and potatoes. Let's throw a flashback in there. Brian's a flashback guy. See, I think that's too done. So my thought is, like, we show her... She starts in a different vehicle and hers like runs out and she's in this high speed chase. And that's why she pulls off into a neighborhood. And then she gets into like this guy's leaves the trunk open during a delivery and she sneaks into the back of his car. Once they collide, it's all this singular focus from there. If I'm out vetoed, that's fine. If it's a comedy, I dig it. I dig the juxtaposition between a Melissa McCarthy behind the wheel in a high-speed chase trying to outrun the cops intercut between this really boring vanilla-ass guy just making food deliveries. And I dig that cut for maybe five minutes. Yeah. So we, we have a few trips things up with the cops. We understand why she's a little bit more laissez-faire when she originally gets in the car because they're going to be into the other vehicle and wondering what's up with that. And so when she gets in the car, we go, oh, crap, like what's going to happen? Okay. But then I think, I, I don't think we should really know anything about them. Like, I don't think we should know why she's in the car chase. I don't think we should know anything about his life. I think we should just know the bare minimum of she's trying to get away from the cops and he happens to be driving a car. <laughs> I dig that. I think, so here's, okay, so you're throwing like a Melissa McCarthy I'm seeing it as more like a Charlize Theron, who's like cool, calm, collected, but can also be really, really funny. Or like a Rose Byrne, where like they can control the car and can control the situation. But at the same time, like it wouldn't be out of their character to be like twirling the gun on their finger and then drop it on the ground and it goes off or something like that. Like... Really some dark, funny moments, but for the most part, like, they're very clearly in control of the situation. Yeah, I guess my my brain immediately goes to a Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Shaun of the Dead interplay. You know, you have your Simon Pegg who's kind of driving the car and is this guy under pressure, um, this normal guy thrust into an abnormal situation, and you have your Nick Frost, who's your Melissa McCarthy-esque person, jumping in and being kind of a mess but trying to hold it together i mean i think what's gonna drive it is why is she running from the cops yeah i think that's the biggest thing to figure out i actually think the plot of the movie is pretty simple like it's like backstory moments conversations flashbacks to show like maybe we don't even flashback maybe it's facetime conversations my thing was i wasn't trying to lean into the axis and lock side of things i was trying right. to take that subgenre and then add a few little tweaks to it but if we did want to lean into it which i'm totally fine doing um yeah i say we nix 
a lot of those and have it be over FaceTime and, and things like Justin was saying, like they can be checking her Instagram feed and stuff like that. So I think the big, big question is, yeah, why is she running from the cops and where is she trying to get to? Yeah. Because I think that's the big point of it, right? It's an A to B thing. If she's running from the cops, why would she be going back? Or like, why would she be going to a specific place? So like, for example, if it is that she robbed a bank, then I completely see your Rose Byrne moment. Because then she's calm, cool, collected, you know, very in charge, all this stuff. If it's more like... I don't know. What's a stupid reason to run from the... I mean, she could have killed somebody in self-defense. Yeah. Because then that that I could see like a... Or I maybe see... she saw a murder and they thought she was the killer. Yeah, like I could and see And she has something... a record or something. I could see something like that. Like she's, she witnessed a murder and, and she has a record, so they think that it's her. What if she's a cop and she sees dirty cops... And she's trying to make it like she has to testify or something. And she's trying to make it there, but they're trying to prevent her from getting there. And so that's why it's more of a low stakes, high speed chase. Like there's not like helicopters flying everywhere and everything like that. Like it's just like vehicles, a vehicle to vehicle chase. Yeah, I almost feel like if you wanted to go dark comedy, you could also you could get into the really, really dark domestic violence murdered in self-defense really flustered still really funny and then in the heart of it you get to the dark stuff so my thing is with with all of that there's still not a reason for her the the second question of mine which is like why is she trying to get somewhere where is she trying to get to and that's the part that's equally as difficult to to answer so i like the idea of her like killing in self-defense but like where would she be trying to get to and why is it like an A to B thing and why are people trying to prevent her from getting there? So, I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, in times of of trauma, you don't process things well. So it could be as simple as like, I need to get to my mom's house and like, that's where she needs to get. And so the first step is we need to outrun the cops and like, make sure that they don't see us. And it's all this stuff. And she's keeping this guy hostage to do this with her and they end up bonding. And that could be like, I need to get to my mom's house, you know? And so they outrun the cops and they replace the plates and they do all of this stuff. And at first he's scared of her and then they kind of bond and he realizes what's actually up. So, so I feel like we have three routes we can go. We can go, she's a cop. She's trying to expose dirty cops, so she's trying to get, like, to the precinct or something. We could go domestic violence. She kills her spouse. She's trying to get to her mom's. Or we could go, she's a bank robber trying to get to the border. I guess my thing is, if we go with the domestic violence, she's trying to get to her mom, where's our resolution? She gets to her mom's and then gets arrested? Like, So, what I was going to say is you could combine two and three and have it be... She's trying to get across the border. Like, she's fleeing from the crime. But if it's domestic violence, self-defense, would she... So for me, what's interesting with that is less the destination and more... The story? The story. Yeah, like, she, the destination isn't that important. She doesn't know where she's going. She just needs to go. 
And so that's the driving force behind it is it's less about... And the driver ends up like stuck, siding yeah. with her and like, we need to take you to the border. That or like he could take her to the border. It could end with him taking her to the police station to make a statement. Like there are a lot of ways you could go with it. But what's interesting is not we need to get from A to B. What's interesting is to watch this woman crumple and be like, I, I don't know where I need to go, but I need to go somewhere and having to deal with the logistics of that. Because if she's planning to go from A to B, she's already got tricks up her sleeve, right? She's not dealing with the things that come up like, oh, you stole this car from this person. You have to go to the bathroom. And now you have to figure out how to keep this person while going to the bath. Like the little things that you have to figure out when you act under distress and then have to deal with the consequences of your actions. That's what's interesting to me to watch. It's less about, oh, we need to get to this place. It's more about this is the only way that she can feel in control right now. And she just needs to go. She needs to get out. And then he ends up siding with her. And, and like Justin said, maybe he takes her across the border. Yeah. So in my head, originally, I had it more of the cat and mouse, like had it be more about the chase. Okay. But if you're leaning more into the story and more into the why is there a chase, that's interesting to me. I also think that maybe, you know, because now I'm thinking about like the FaceTiming. Right. And she could be mm -hmm. talking to her husband's sister or something. And everybody knows this guy was just like a huge piece of shit. And right. he beat her and all this stuff. And everybody knew it. And she had gone to the cops, but maybe she lived in an area where they just didn't believe her. Maybe the cops knew him. And that's why, like, they're, they're after her. Maybe he was her. a cop. Maybe you know? he was a cop. Yeah. That would be really good. Because so what I was thinking was, we could basically have a moment in the third act where she's FaceTiming somebody and they're talking about how horrible he was and like how she tried to go to people, but they never listened and all this stuff. Meanwhile, our, our big like finale can be that the driver at this point has really started to sympathize and pulls out his phone and does an Instagram live and catches everything other people pick it up and, and hear about it and everything. And so it becomes kind of viral, quote unquote, in the moment. And that's what helps her kind of get off at the end. Because my big yeah. thing is, my big thing is, I understand if she's like running from the cops. If he was a cop, that makes total sense. Like she killed a cop and yeah. they're coming after her. So I think that's it for sure. But then also I was like, why wouldn't she just go turn herself in and like, Again, this makes sense. Like she killed a cop. The cops are going to side with her. Now they're getting the other side. And like because of the Instagram capturing the FaceTime, I think that works. I also think something that might be interesting to continue to play with the uh, visual aspect of Instagram Live is that could be because I'm assuming that this driver is like a kid. He's probably like 19 or something. Yeah. And yeah. he could be wanting to be an influencer. Like he's a comedian or something and he does a lot of instagram stuff and so part of the thing could be that he's updating his followers kind of on his kidnapping in secret and mm. that's why people are like continuing to follow yeah. so you have this kind of uh dual storyline where it's through his point of view he's freaking out he's basically trying to tell the cops like he's trying to get everything back under control but he begins to sympathize with her and understand like why she's doing what she's doing and he's seeing her be so distressed and he's like starting to understand why and then at the end the 
A plot and the B plot come together to solve the problem. Yeah, no, I, I dig that for sure. And, and like I said, it, it kind of gives me reasons for the story, which I like, because then I was thinking in my head, like, how the hell would he get a following so so quickly? So the idea of him kind of updating his social media throughout and people kind of tuning in and everything, I think that's really interesting. So, And you could play with the whole thing of like being unplugged when you're driving, I guess. Like this becomes national news. Yeah. They just don't know it's national news because they're in it. Yeah. It's like, uh, what's his name? OJ. <laughs> That guy, just like that guy. Just like that guy. So, okay, so woman kills her spouse, gets into the car of a delivery driver who... Domino's. No, no, not a Domino's delivery driver. Then she holds him, she has a gun, she holds him hostage. They're on the run from the cops, find out that she killed a cop in self-defense. We start getting little bits and pieces via FaceTime phone calls and Instagram stories and stuff like that from both sides. In the end, the spouse's sister or whatever finally reaches out to her. He records it, now has a large following. They all tune in to hear her confession, but also kind of her history with it. And then that's what ends up kind of calling everything off. Yeah. And I think a lot of the uh, rising action is not so much – I don't think it's as interesting if it happens on FaceTime as much as it happens between the two of them based on the obstacles that they face, right? Because, like, they can't drive all night. At some point, they get away from the cops. She calls someone via FaceTime. The police track the phone. They are coming to get them again. And the chase starts up again, right? Like, I feel like there has to be a few of those little things or like they need to stop at a gas station to fill up on gas, Mm. right? And so it's the turmoil of that and who's going to go in and who's going to keep the car. I feel like there's a lot of that stress where people get to know each other. Gotcha. I mean, I think that's basically it. I mean, inciting incident is she climbs in the back of his car. (laughs) Right. The whole first act, you know, we have the fun and games of this very tense situation that's also very funny, that's also really confusing, and we have no idea what happened. We just know that she's running away from the cops, right? So we don't know yet that she's killed anybody. We don't know why. She just seems kind of like a normal person who's lost her mind. And so they're running, they're running. At some point, they get away from the cops, and they get to take a breather. Then the cops are on their trail again. Leading to a number of things, maybe midpoint is where he finds out that she killed her husband, who's a cop, and maybe he still doesn't entirely trust her well, at that so point. I think she would tell him fairly early on, like, I killed a cop. I Or like, why, why are we on the run? And then she would have to say it, but maybe she doesn't explain that, like, it was her husband. And so... I I mean, maybe. I think I would want her to hold off on it as long as possible because she's in such shock, right? Hmm. I mean, maybe that is revealed. But I think then you have... Because you have the second story of, like, okay, so he starts streaming stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is that she reveals she's killed a cop. He starts streaming stuff to try to get out of this situation or like tweeting or posting really obscure stuff. Police are back on their trail. They escape again. She finds out. She has a full on breakdown and explains like she killed the cop because he was physically abusing her. All of a sudden he starts understanding her. 
he's like, okay, in order to get you out of this, we need to take you to the border. Now they're trying to outrun the cops to get to the border. Finally, they have the phone call. I feel like this is one of those things where it's like there are a lot of little elements. Yeah. And if we had a big board to put up sticky notes, we'd be able to beat it out pretty quickly. Right. I just don't know how how soon everything happens. Yeah. Brian, let's get a board. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Next episode, we'll have a board. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I, I dig that. I think, you know, we could even kind of combine the idea, like maybe at first they're going to her mom's because she doesn't know where else to go. And then it turns into he's like, nah, screw this. Like, we're we're taking you to the border. And uh, yeah. so then it turns into that. But I do think like kind of the finale is that because this is all happening and he's streaming it, the cops kind of back off and they start wondering like what the hell is going on during it. The person that she's talking to gets a knock at her door and it's the police and they're like, look, we we just want to talk about this. And And they basically like come to an understanding. They stop the car and uh, she gets out. And then we from there assume that everything's happily ever after. Yeah. If we wanted to, we could also say that higher authorities get involved, right? Yeah. Because it goes so viral, it's no longer a county issue, it's a state issue. Yeah, and and, and basically the idea is that because he's recording and they're having these conversations and everything, during this, what we're not seeing is forensics and history, putting things together, like the investigators putting things together to say, oh, this checks out. Right. Especially if they cross state lines, it becomes a federal issue anyway. So basically, like for them, crossing state lines becomes a blessing because now it's out of the jurisdiction of these corrupt cops who are trying to get her. That's fair. I was kind of thinking like L.A. to San Diego to see her mom, then just to the border. I was thinking Oklahoma to Texas to Mexico. There we go. So the other thing I was kind of <laughs> thinking in my head as we were talking about this, I was kind of thinking that this could unfold quite a bit in real time. Mm, I kind of like that. Kind of don't. I mean, I think I just it- don't think six hour car chases where they lose the cops in the middle of it don't happen very often. I guess. I guess. Yeah. And then also like. My biggest thing is like with this, how do we not have helicopters overhead tracking? Because I, I agree with you. I like the idea of like the smaller moments in between. But how do we do that without having helicopters overhead? The and- other thing that you could do is you cut out the car chase in the beginning and have the car chase be the climax. Like she's in a car chase and then she jumps out of her car and gets into this other guy's car. Well, they might not chase not the other car. at first. It might just be like a couple of cops chasing her at first. Right. So at first it's a couple of cops chasing her. Then she gets out of the car. She gets into this other person's car. And basically he flips out because she's in the trunk and she has to take over basically. And she has to gain control and she has a gun. Um, and so then it's this very tense situation for the driver Eventually, they're going to find out that she's not in the car (laughs) that they were chasing. Eventually, with the tracking of Instagram and phone reception and all this stuff, they're going to sort of figure out what car she's in. And then you could have the climax climax be this car chase that they, they find the car again. Yeah, you're right. The whole thing doesn't have to be a chase. The tense moments are from she's directing him with a gun in his back. Yeah. Trying to get away. All right. I'm, I'm in. I like that. 
I dig this. I'm in. Cool. Um, I think I'm good. Yeah, it might be time to uh, write a log line. Look, learn. All right, and we'll be back. Danny's going to go write the log line, and when she comes back, she will pitch us a log line, and we will go through and decide if we're going to save the cat or scratch it. All right, Danny, we'll see you in a bit. Bye, Danny. Hey, everyone. Just a quick reminder, as always, that these podcasts are for entertainment purposes only. These ideas are fresh, new, and sometimes submitted by you. Anything said is not meant to infringe on the copyright of any existing work of art, and everything is thought of during this show without any previous influence. If it sounds like something you've already seen or heard, what can I say? That's Hollywood, all out of fresh ideas. Thanks, and enjoy. All right. I'm ready. All right, and we're back. Danny's going to pitch us the log line, and we will go around the room and see if we will save the cat or scratch it. We'll start with Danny, go to me, and then finish with Brian today. All right, Danny, take it away. Along for the ride. On a typical Tuesday, a wannabe Instagram influencer and daytime Uber Eats delivery driver looks in his rearview mirror, only to find a distressed woman with a gun clambering from his trunk onto the back seat. While strictly following his hijacker's orders and live-streaming to his audience on the side in the hope of escaping, he discovers that she's trying to escape from something even darker. Okay. Awesome. Love it. Uh, Danny, I think you're starting us out, right? Yeah, I guess so. I save it. I think this is great. I think it's low budget. I think it's doable. I think it is uh, really interesting and could be a really good character piece. And... uh, I love to see somebody like Melissa McCarthy, but maybe a little bit more in the drama sphere or somebody who straddles the drama sphere a little bit more. But I'd really, I'd love to see it. It's very exciting to me. I'd write it. Interesting. All right. Uh, Justin. Yeah, I save it. I think, uh, I think right now, especially it has like a lot of value for our current climate and everything. Um, I think it'd be a good movie. I think it digs into something deep, but also like, Sticks to a a common thing a lot of audiences already know, which is like those surprise instance incidents where two people like come together, figure things out. They save the cat, and you end up liking them for it. Um, yeah, so I save it. I don't think Melissa McCarthy would be my pick for the <laughs> the person though. That's okay. But yeah, I uh, save it. I struggle with this. We're in such a weird time with film because. Streaming services have really changed what gets sold and and the type of things that can be sold. So the idea of a 65-minute feature film isn't out of the realm of possibilities anymore. And that's kind of where I see this. Like, I don't see it as, like, a two-hour film. I don't see it as an hour-and-a-half film. Like, I think you get in, you tell the story, you get out. And so I'm struggling with, could I see this on a streaming service? Because I could never see this going to like a major studio. I really like the story. Longest scratch ever right here, guys. Longest scratch ever. <laughs> no, I think I say <laughs> for it. reference. For reference, I did look up phone booth at the beginning of this episode, and that's 81 minutes. So you Perfect. could do a, an hour 20. Yeah, hour I think 15. I think I would still I would I would stretch it to about. 76 minutes 78 minutes a little yeah. bit a little bit shorter um hour and I mean, 15 hey, 
probably 10 minutes of that phone booth thing is uh, credits. <laughs> Fair. So I think I, I save it and then let the people who want to make it decide whether I want it to be a comedy, dark comedy, or pure drama. Because that's where I'm really, really having the disconnect with the project. I still don't know, even after all of this time. Um, I think you could literally follow the exact same plot structure that we have laid out and still go comedy or drama or a mixture of both. So let them decide. I think it is a good project regardless. Uh, just because I don't necessarily know what to do with it doesn't mean that I don't think it could be successful on a streaming device platform. So save it. Awesome. Yeah. It's saved. It there is we go. saved. Whew. Longest save ever, Justin. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Weirdo. Uh, you're a weirdo. Speaking yeah, of weird, getting weird with it, what did you guys watch and get weird with this past week? Um, I, this week, uh, watched Seduced, one of the other documentaries on that like, Nexum cult. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I wanted to know more about it because it was very interesting. Uh, I've already started reading a book on it, but uh, I basically watched all the information and read all the information I could on it because it was very interesting. But I didn't like Seduce that much, personally. It just wasn't for me, but... It didn't seduce um, you. It did not. I mean... I liked Seduced. I know. But weirdly enough, I know the director of Seduced. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having weird connections with these shows. And of all, I met her in Arkansas doing the film festival circuit for the movie Axis. So full connection with this episode. Wow. Full connection. So that was very funny when you mentioned Axis. So like Bennettville Film Festival, I watched her film that she did called Mothers in the Middle. It was about middle class mother, single mothers uh, with jobs, like uh, handling kids. It was a documentary. It was pretty amazing. And I met and had a drink with both of them. So it's very random that like, yeah, I noticed that she was the director. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I know this person. I met them before. But a uh, very interesting topic. But yeah, that's what I've been. That's what I watched. Awesome. Um, I watched the Netflix completely 180 from that. Uh, I watched the Netflix cooking competition show Best Leftovers Ever. Basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. They take leftovers and then try and make the best dish from them. So the one that we watched was uh, fast food. So they. Somebody had like a fish sandwich, somebody had chicken tenders and fries, and another one had burgers and fries, and they have to create a culinary masterpiece dish from it. Um, it was pretty interesting. I don't think I'm a very good cook in particular, but I will say I do think like I'm pretty decent at flavor combinations, and so whenever we get leftovers, I'm really good about like making something really random that turns out really good from that. Uh, it was pretty interesting. It was pretty fun. The hosts were the best part, uh, really likable. So that's always probably my favorite part of any competition show like that. So best leftovers ever on Netflix. What I watched. I watched the first few episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race because it is drag race season, which <laughs> means my roommate and I are watching drag race as one does. Uh, learning about all the new queens got some good ones in the bunch it's really weird what they're doing this season it's like what is going on what is happening nobody knows <laughs> so um i think it might be because of covid but like 
at least with what I've watched so far, there are two groups that are completely separate from each other. And you're like, what is going on? So we'll see. It might be because of COVID. That might just be what it is. But who knows? Awesome. Well, we have three saves on this project. Um, Totally forgot the name of it. Because I'm that good. Along for the ride. Along for the ride. So we had three saves for Along for the Ride. Uh, We have RuPaul's Drag Race, Best Leftovers Ever, and Seduced. So, Which I preferred to the vow, but that's just me. But here's the thing, folks. Check out both and then hit us up and tell us which one you like better so we can see once and for all who's right, me or Justin. You can find us at Can We Save Pod, and you can find me at Official Danny Hanks. You can find me at Bredacted. That's at Bredacted, in case you guys are wondering. I said at Bredacted. I know. You can find me at <laughs> at Bredacted. <laughs> no, don't. Oh, my God. You that can find not. me at the Bredacteds. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Justin Eugene on Instagram. Please subscribe, like, comment on the uh, iTunes. We want to make sure we get this going. Leave uh, us every- reviews and five stars. Everybody's been supportive, but like, let's just keep it up. Uh, we want to give you guys some more ideas. So We really appreciate all of you. If you like us, show us some love. If not, I apologize. Show, Leave us some feedback. Let us know what we can do better. I mean, it's probably mostly related to Justin swear words. But, and swear words. We have gotten some feedback that we swear too much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Nickelodeon is not hiring us. This is uh, an adult podcast. Everybody. Look, every episode is marked explicit content. I mean, if you put in another word that has the same meaning as a swear word. Is that not a swear word? So here's the thing. Whenever you guys watch TV shows and they like are specifically trying to go for like G or PG rated, does it not feel weird to you? Because they're like, man, these gosh darn meanies are just everywhere. And you're like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It does feel weird to me. It's all, it's about how you interpret a word. It's like so silly to me that like they're swear words. I will say, you know, at the, on the same token, there are certain words that like I don't like hearing. I'm sure everybody has those words, whether it be like the mnemonic sound of the word or just the word itself. Like there are certain words like that, pimples. Huh? What? <laughs> Sorry, I just said it so funny. Did you say nim- <laughs> nipples? I said pimples. 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 Uh, it just sounded funny to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways, we appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening to this. Thanks for being along for the ride on this one. Great pun. Da-dunch. We love your faces, and we will not see, but you can listen to us next week. Bye. Bye. See you in the gym. Bye.